Billboards. They are not just for sleazy lawyers anymore. U.S. term limits has entered the billboard business, and it's big business because a big billboard has gone up in Georgia's third congressional district, and it says, Congressman Drew Ferguson broke his term limits pledge. I have Scott Tillman, USTL National Field Director, here to discuss this shocking story of a politician not keeping his word. Scott, tell us what's happening out there. So occasionally, uh, you look for ways to get a congressman's attention. At the same time, he's looking for the ways to get a- attention of you know constituents in the district. And there's lots of different ways that you can go about that. But one way that we uh, are trying right now with Drew Ferguson in Georgia is to actually put up a billboard alerting his constituents to the fact that uh, Mr. Ferguson has not honored his term limits pledge. Mr. Ferguson signed the term limits pledge back in 2016 when he was in a very contentious primary running um, and went out and let people know that he was going to co-sponsor, vote for, and support the U.S. term limits amendment, three House terms, two Senate terms, no longer limit. And uh, when he first got into Congress, he did. But something changed, and now Mr. Ferguson is not co-sponsoring and supporting the amendment as he pledged that he would. So, to alert his constituents in his district that um, Mr. Ferguson had made this promise and that he was not honoring it, we decided that we had put up a billboard. We put up this billboard in Noonan, Georgia, and uh, it has gotten a lot of responses from both positive and negative from uh, people who would like Mr. Ferguson to do what he is supposed to say. And then, of course, Mr. Ferguson doesn't want people to know that he is not honoring his pledge. So there's a little bit of negative coming from that way. But that's what we did. And uh, normally you, you don't see a lot of, uh, you know, billboards of this type. But we think it's important that people know. And the response that we've got and the amount of media coverage um, shows that this is an important issue that people do want to know about. And... Uh, Mr. Ferguson should let us know what his his stance is going to be going forward. Yeah, I've noticed this has been making waves and making headlines in the district. Um, some of Ferguson's staffers have seen it. Um, I'm sure he is aware of it. We've got uh, newspapers. The Noonan uh, newspaper has already written about it, and there I know there are some other stories in the pipeline. Um, so Ferguson signed the pledge in 2016, right? He did. He signed it, I think, in May of 2016 uh, when he was running for office. And, uh, of course, he won that primary and then uh, was elected in the general in November of 2016. And he has he sponsored the resolution in 2017, but that was the last time we heard anything from him on term limits. He has been basically breaking his pledge since that first term. Yeah, he did. He came on and co-sponsored it um, in March of 20, uh, 2017. But then since then, we've reached out to his office many, many times, and uh, we've reached off to his staff, communicated with his staff, and all the feedback and responses we've got was that Mr. Ferguson was not going to take action to get on the bill. There's a common misconception with us as a term limits group that uh, we love to go to war with politicians. Well, maybe sometimes that's true, but most of the time, what we actually do is we will use diplomacy Um, to the fullest extent before we decide to talk to constituents about an elected official breaking their pledge. So as you noted, in the case of Ferguson, we called his office over and over and over again. We tried to arrange meetings with him in Washington, D.C., just to simply tell him, sir, you signed the pledge to get on this resolution. It's HJR 12, sponsored by uh, Ralph Norman, and you have not followed through. Uh, So 
we always use diplomatic channels before we decide to go out into a district and inform constituents. And there's already a news article on this, as we said, from the Noonan newspaper. And there's a quote in there from the communications director for Congressman Ferguson. He has responded to the billboard and he has said this. Congressman Ferguson has previously co-sponsored the term limit legislation in question and has certainly never voted against it as it has never come to the floor for a vote. Representative Ferguson also previously communicated to the group behind the billboard on many occasions that if a version of the legislation that can actually move forward is ever devised, he will happily and wholeheartedly support it. End quote. That is from his staffer. So I find this amazing because their answer is he has previously co-sponsored it, as in four years ago, right? That doesn't explain why he isn't co-sponsoring it now. That's like a person saying, oh, I've been faithful in the past. Well, are you now? Are you being faithful now? I mean, there's no time like the present to keep one's word. And this line is very suspicious. The staffer there says, if a version of the legislation that can actually move forward is ever devised, he will happily support it. Well, a version has been devised. It's called House Joint Resolution 12, and it's been introduced by Ralph Norman. So what's the problem? Why is Drew Ferguson not on the bill? Yeah, and there's there's a, a mirror bill in the Senate, so it's not like uh, there's no Senate version of this to go forward. Uh, what we do know is that Mr. Ferguson, um, you know, is in line for leadership, potentially, and he's been discussed in leadership, and we know that it sometimes takes multiple sessions for stuff to get uh, enough, you know, momentum to pass. And by not co-sponsoring when he said that he would, Mr. Ferguson is really keeping the number of co-sponsors down in this bill so that it yes. won't get a floor hearing, it won't get a committee hearing, and it won't get a vote. Uh, you know, if he was acting in good faith, he would get out there in front of it, get on this bill, and encourage others to get on this bill so that we could move this bill. And he's clearly not. This is a public Mark Levin is a lawyer, talk show host, and author of the number one New York Times bestseller, The Liberty Amendments. In this book, Levin touts specific constitutional amendments, including term limits, and, because his reforms strike at the self-interest of Congress, recommends the use of the convention process laid out in Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution to implement them. Here are excerpts from an interview with Levin by Sean Hannity of Fox News when the book was released. Article 5 is very, very important. It is the only way that we have today that I am aware of, and if somebody has a different idea, then they ought to put it on the table, for the American people in a civil, legal, constitutional, thoughtful way to work with their state legislatures over time, not tomorrow, to begin the process of reclaiming their republic. Otherwise, these centralized decisions by a handful of uh, governing masterminds are not only going to continue, they're going to become additionally coercive. Unlike our opponents who evade the Constitution, who eviscerate the Constitution, uh, who try and figure out ways to centralize the government as much as they can in violation of the Constitution, I'm saying those of us who believe in individual liberty and private property rights, and the rule of law and the Constitution, need to look at the Constitution for answers. And it provides one under Article 5, two methods for amending the Constitution. But that second method is not radical, it's not weird, it's there because the framers put it there, and they put it there for a reason. In this instance, it's two-thirds of the states. 
calling a convention for the purpose of amending the Constitution, proposing amendments. And George Mason insisted on it and got the support of the other members, the other delegates to the Constitutional Convention. He said, look, if Congress turns oppressive, if the federal government turns oppressive, what is recourse other than violence? We have to have a way for this to be addressed. And his recourse was the states would get together, as they often did, as they did to, to, to give birth to the nation, and, uh, and propose these amendments, and you still need three-fourths of them to approve them. But there's, there's been 27 amendments, but only the right. one method has been used. Right. You, you write at length in many ways how our framers in particular foresaw that this day would come. It is intended to prevent what's happening today this centralized, concentrated power of government, uh, a handful of lawyers on the Supreme Court issuing edicts, a president of the United States legislating and, and ruling by fiat, Congress getting involved in every aspect of our lives. All of this is contrary to the Constitution. And so we have to accept the fact that this is a post-constitutional period. And when you look at Obamacare as an example, as I've talked about, um, Congress passed a law they had no power to pass. The president signed a law he had no power to sign. The Supreme Court contorted the Constitution, amended the Constitution, if you will, and imposed it on us. And now we're being told, that's it, folks. We can't defund it. You're stuck with it. There's nothing you can do about it. And I'm saying, the hell with that. There are things we can do about it. We, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not the next day. But the more our government legislates and operates like this, the worse it's going to get. The barriers, the, the firewalls to the Constitution have been breached. The bill that Ralph Norman introduced is the three-term limit in the House and the two-term limit in the Senate. It is the exact version that Ferguson promised in writing that he would support. So, as you said, the staffer is implying that Ferguson's not supporting it because it's not moving forward, but maybe it's not moving forward because you're not supporting it, right? Like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> it, Mr. Ferguson has figured out that now, since he's elected, he's protected by incumbency. And uh, this is the issue why we need term limits, because representatives make campaign promises, and then they get to Washington, and they don't honor those campaign pro promises. Mr. Ferguson got to Washington, and we, we know that he is not honoring his term limits promise, but what else did he promise to people that he is choosing not to honor? They, he, he has gone to Washington and decided that he knows best and uh, is not going not gonna to do what he tells people that he's going to do, that he's going to keep some sort of a, a secret agenda that he's going to honor on his own, not alert people to, not talk about. He won't communicate with us about why he's not on there. He just has staff communicate with us. Uh, you know, he made this pledge. He signed it. He put pen to paper. He should speak up and explain to his constituents why he is not on the bill as he pledged to be. That's a promise. You know, Scott, we see this same scenario playing out uh, so often all over the country, whether it's congressional races or state legislative races or local candidates who say one thing about term limits when they run for office and then they do something completely different once they're secure, once they are incumbents. And you have to wonder, why is it that they never want to get on a soapbox and brag about changing their position, about flip-flopping and going against term limits? You know, you, you'd think they would be proud of that position. You'd think that they would want to shout from the rooftop, shout from the mountaintops, I'm against term limits now. Never happens. Hasn't happened once. They do the opposite. What they do is they try to conceal, they try to hide their position, they hate when some group 
comes into the district is exposing this to their constituents. Why is that? It's because it's an 82% issue. It's because over four in five Americans support this, and they know that they could be jeopardizing their support in the district if this were known. Mr. Ferguson made this promise. He understands it very well, and he has made considerable effort to avoid fulfilling his promise rather than making a very easy effort to have his staffers drop his name in so that he would be a co-sponsor. It takes 30 seconds to co-sponsor a bill in Congress. There's absolutely nothing difficult about this. So when they say he will happily support it, I'm just not buying that. You are a congressman now. You have been elected. You can support it now. There's nothing standing in your way unless possibly he prefers to acquiesce to Kevin McCarthy and the the careerist leadership there rather than listen to his constituents. Um, But big picture, Scott, um, because I'm guessing this is not going to be the last time we advertise to constituents that a member of Congress has broken his promise, uh, not going on on a, a long limb there. But why is this all important? It's it's all about accountability, right? It is. It is about accountability. And we know we support term limits because incumbents are, you know, insulated from accountability. Uh, we have taken on responsibility. Um, we are going to be the leaders in the nation, have been for 30 years now on term limits. And uh, we're going to go out there and let people know when congressmen say one thing on the issue and they don't you know, keep their promises, don't do what they say. So we are going to be taking action to expose these uh, pledge breakers, um, people who lie about the issue, people who make certain claims, but then don't fulfill their promises to their constituents. Yeah, uh, because if this billboard hadn't gone up, right, if candidates can sign our pledge and then they can break it and never be held accountable, no one is ever aware of the fact that they double-crossed their constituents, you have to imagine that is exactly what they will do. They will do that all the time. Actions need to have consequences. The voters back home need to know if a member of Congress is ripping them off, collecting this $174,000 salary plus pension, and then doing diddly squat about passing term limits because voters are sick of being scammed by career politicians. That's right. You know, some, sometimes people think, you know, the things that get written in Congress, you get a lot of stuff hidden in there. There's nothing hidden in the term limits bill. It's very basic. Um, it's exactly what his pledge says, that he is going to, you know, it's a resolution for a three-house term, two-Senate term constitutional amendment. There's nothing hidden in there. It's Anybody can pick it up and read it. It's not like he wouldn't have time to have read it. We know that they have read the bill because they have responded to us about the bill. And uh, he's just not taking that action. If he was going to take action, if there was something wrong with the current version of the bill, he's free to introduce his own version, but there's clearly not. He supported this exact language in 2017 with uh, HDR 6 that was at that time introduced by Ron DeSantis. He knows it's out there, and we know that he is making more effort to avoid signing on it than just filling out that piece of paper and being on it, in which case, you know, we would definitely alert his voters and his constituents to let them know that he is honoring his pledge. Well, it's a developing uh, situation. We'll see what happens in the the coming days and weeks uh, with this billboard up in Georgia's third district. But, you know, thank you, Scott, for the update and thank you for keeping him honest. Thank you, Nick. Thanks for joining us for another episode of No Uncertain Terms. The term limits convention bills are moving through the state legislatures. This could be a breakthrough year for the term limits movement. 
To check on the status of the Tournaments Convention Resolution in your state, go to tournaments.com slash take action. There, you will see if it has been introduced and where it stands in the committee process on its way to the floor vote. If there's action to take, you'll see a take action button by your state. Click it. This will give you the opportunity to send a message to the most relevant legislators, urging them to support the legislation. They have to know you're watching. That's tournaments.com slash take action. If your state has already passed the tournaments convention resolution or the bill's not been introduced in your state, you can still help. Please consider making a contribution to U.S. term limits. It is our aim to hit the reset button on the U.S. Congress, and you can help. Go to termlimits.com slash donate. Termlimits.com slash donate. Thanks. We'll be back next week. Contact your state lawmakers before they vote on term limits for Congress. Go to termlimits.com slash take action. STL. Yeah.